The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. It's Wellness Wednesday, brought to you by Crazy Water, and welcome to One Life Radio. All right, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to One Life Radio, and it is uh, Wellness Wednesday here. Uh, Today, I'm so glad to be here. Jerry, how you doing? I am doing well. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I'm going to get my regular introduction, though, uh, (laughs) because for someone... First, uh, listening for the first time, uh, this is Bernadette Villachetti with Jerry Caldwell, and we are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We have a fantastic show today. We've got Jared Ramirez with us and Sarah uh, Shank. I'm about to introduce them, but before I do, I just want to say hello. Hello, Sarah and uh, Jared. Are you there? I am. We are. (laughs) Yeah. How you guys doing? Doing great. Yeah. Together Happy- they are Sarah. <laughs> I love that. Or Jera. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, Happy New Year to both of you, Sarah. Welcome to One Life Radio. And Jared, uh, you as well, of course. And Happy New Year to both of you. And thanks for jumping on the air with us today. I'm very excited about this show. I'm excited. Also. I am. I am too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid to talk, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, well, when you got two people on the line, nobody wants to interrupt one another. And so I understand perfectly. Uh, been there, done that. But it's so great to have you with us. And today our topic is the invisible extinction, the race to save our vanishing microbes. Uh, Sarah Shannick, as I said, is she's the director and producer of the invisible extinction, along with Jared Ramirez. He is a CEO of Environmenta, uh, Environmedica. So Sarah Shank, as I said, is the co-director and producer of the invisible extinction, the race to save our vanishing microbiome. She began her filmmaking career while working as the Comptroller's Senior Policy Advisor for Education, where she received a commendation for excellence in public service. Sarah makes short films for nonprofit organizations, including the Park Slope Food Co-op, Planned Parenthood, Amnesty International, and the New York City Public Schools, as well as the Supportive Housing Network, where she served as Chief Chief. Digital officer, that's a CDO. <laughs> you know, I'd never heard that term until just recently. And then here it is again in the same week. Uh, but Jared has uh, been with the show for many, many years. Jared Ramirez is a CEO of Enviromedica, a natural health and wellness company founded in 2007 and also a sponsor of One Life Radio. Uh, Enviromedica is inspired by nature and ancestral health. Uh, they make premium foundational products to support whole body nutrition and help people achieve optimal health. With their Terraflora Deep Immune Symbiotic, it is the 2021 Nexty Award winner for the best new product supporting a healthy microbiome by the Natural Products Expo. And as I've said many times, that's basically like getting an Oscar. Uh, you can visit Sarah or Jared. Uh, first, Sarah at the InvisibleExtinction.com. That's the InvisibleExtinction.com or Enviromedica.com. You can find Enviromedica and Jared. And I'm looking forward to a really great show. I watched the film twice, you guys. And I have to tell you, like, all I can say is, wow. Wow, 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 Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, you are our ideal viewer in that case, Bernadette. Yeah. It was a very long haul, and we almost got derailed by COVID, but in fact, it was really great that we hadn't finished the film at that point since COVID is a microbe, and it would have 
made our film go out of date really fast. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. And I, again, I thank you both for joining us today to talk about the visit, the invisible uh, extinction. It's a fascinating documentary uh, about our depleting microbiome. And it premieres this Friday at the IFC center in New York city and at the Lem, uh, Lemley, Lemley, yeah. Monica <laughs> film center in Los Angeles and on demand. Uh, there's so much to talk about from the film. So let's jump right in. Sarah, how did you become involved in making the invisible extinction? You know, I have two kids who, uh, when I started the film, were toddlers, actually, wow. and uh, are teenagers now. Ouch. But uh, my younger daughter, both of my kids have severe food allergies, and my younger kid actually, our pediatrician tested her when she was about two years old because she said, oh, if you're, if she has an elder sister with food allergies, you should make sure that she doesn't have any before you start add, adding solid foods. Long story short, we tested my younger kid. She had no allergies, ate everything without an issue, but she did have strep a couple of times and took courses, two courses of antibiotics in one year, which isn't unusual. Most kids have three courses of antibiotics by the time they're two or three, mm-hmm. and she went into anaphylaxis, and she almost died. And that was a big wake-up call for me. Wow. And it, the, in, in the emergency room, they said, we have no idea why she suddenly became allergic. She was eating things okay, and then she became allergic. And it was just, it, I wasn't satisfied with that. Like, we just don't know why, because something happened in her body. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to figure out what happened in my kid's body that suddenly she now acts like these are poisons instead of just healthy foods. And so what did the doctors tell you? What was the reason? Well, in the hospital, in the hospital, and it's still what you'll be told uh, by tr- Western doctors is that we don't know why people develop food allergies, and we don't know why that you can develop a food allergy at any any stage. What we do know is that the rate of allergies in the Amer- in Americans has increased like tenfold in a mm-hmm. really short period of time, and so there's not really any kind of evolutionary reason that would make sense for. You know, in every in every kindergarten class, like two kids have allergies now. Like that's very unusual. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. I remember growing so up being the only kid, like, in my grade that had any allergies. Mm. Well, this is all too familiar to me. I just went through this with my own daughter, and I don't want to get into that. Uh, I might get upset <laughs> because I'm still really trying to emotionally deal with all of it. Because because it can be very overwhelming as a parent, Sarah. Right? I mean, you've been through it. Yeah. You know. You know. Uh, and but you know, I have to tell you, you know, uh, the bo- the book, the movie, um, the movie Invisible Extinction is uh, has a, a lot to do with the the book or covers the book that Martin J. Blazier, MD. Uh, missing microbes. Uh, he's actually been on the show several times back in the early days when this book first came out. Uh, Dr. Blazer was on One Life Radio. And so I'm very familiar with the book and there's so much to know about this. So so you you made the movie because of what happened to your daughters having food allergies. And so, but the film is so much more than that. Can you tell our listeners uh, what the film, uh, some of the, some of the t- uh, key points that the film covers? Sure, absolutely. Well, our film, it kind of take, the film takes off from the uh, the moment where we're we're really. I'm sorry. Let me start again. Um, I'm not used to live radio, and I'm a yeah. little nervous. 
Oh, don't be nervous. Um, yeah. No, I get it. I, you know what? It's it's nerve-wracking, and I have to tell you, I've done it every day for almost 12 years, and sometimes I still get nervous because that's a good thing. Even Tom Brady, okay, <laughs> gets nervous when he goes out on the field because that's what you're supposed to be because this is, this is a big topic, too. This is a very big topic, and our gut microbiome is everything, as you're about to find out as you listen to this, and hopefully go to visit theinvisibleextinction.com. I encourage everyone out there listening that gives uh, uh, cares I was going to say gives a rat's behind um, because it's one of my New York expressions from back in the day but but if you care about your health you must watch this film there's so much knowledge in it and I'm just I'm so thankful that you uh, and you you produced it along with uh, Steve with uh, Stephen Lawrence right he's one of the directors and producers as well Absolutely. And um, it's great that you already know Marty's work because, you know, I I came across Marty and Gloria and they were such a great couple of kind Mm -hmm. of researchers, but also this kind of happily married, uh, you know, a little bit kooky married couple. And I think that they make it really easy for the viewer to kind of get involved emotionally in the story because they're such charm people. And like me, they both have their own stories about what led them to this area of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, scientific investigation. Marty has a daughter who develops celiac disease, and yep. he's, he he explains pretty clearly that he thinks it was from overuse of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And Gloria has a daughter who had various GI issues, and she thinks it was because she had a pretty much unnecessary. Ele- it wasn't put as an elective C-section to her, but it she feels like she shouldn't have had a C-section and mm-hmm. some of the issues that her daughter has had are related to that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, maybe another time we can talk about your journey with your daughter and her food allergies, yeah. but, but it was important to equip myself with information to deal with my kids' conditions while also feeling not so um, demoralized that for, oh, for yeah. me learning about, the field and um, thinking about how all these researchers are working hard to develop new ways of preventing and treating all these chronic diseases, including mm-hmm. food allergies, was really exciting for me and inspiring. So I thought, let me let me try to work on my own kids' issues while also sharing information that would have made it easier for my family to avoid some of these problems, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, and I I love speaking with you. I love uh, you know, I just love the camaraderie and the and just working as a community all of us together Enviromedica, you, Steve, myself, uh, everybody working together to get this information out because it is important. Your health is your wealth. I say that on the show all the time and especially your children's health, right? There's nothing more important to me personally is my children's health is at the top of the list of any everything in my life. That and my pets, of course, and then myself. <laughs> but I guess I should put my own oxygen on first since I'm responsible for so many beings but uh you know uh let's uh let's switch gears here a little bit jared you know the movie as i said it focuses on a theory from dr martin blazer called the theory of missing microbiota what is the theory that we're talking about and what would you say is the biggest culprit uh causing our microbiota to disappear Sure. Um, you know, and, and Sarah does such an excellent job of covering this topic in, in the film, uh, as well as yes. Dr. Blazier. But, you know, essentially it's the, the loss of microbiome diversity, um, you know, and, and similar to what's happening happening in our environment, uh, the ecology 
uh, in our environments, the, the uh, diversity that exists in even our topsoils, right? The same thing mm-hmm. is happening internally in our own ecosystem. And that's, the, you know, the loss of microbiome diversity is essentially the foundation of health and longevity. Um, or excuse me, microbiome diversity is the foundation of health and longevity. And the loss of this diversity is, uh, it's the beginning of chronic disease of, of virtually every every kind. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I think that, you know, many people are, truly unaware of just how recent a lot of the microbiome uh, research development is. I mean, uh, even as early as around 2007, there was only approximately 500 published peer-reviewed papers on PubMed. And 15 years later, as of today, there's roughly 130,000 published papers. So, you know, we are essentially on the microbiome research rocket ship. (laughs) And, you know, in, in, in doing that, you know, I think that there's, um, you know, as, as Sarah and the, the team illustrated in their film, there's still a lot of understanding that, that has yet to be developed. Um, there, you know, there's no question that antibiotics um, play a major, major, major role in the mm-hmm. loss of this diversity. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I would, I would posit that um, the sum of all the other inputs uh, that we deal with in, in this kind of modern world um, can have uh, an equally an, an equal effect, if not greater. Um, and these are things like um, you know uh, monochromatic food food diets, you know, eating ultra processed foods. Um, you know, and let's not forget all the chemicals that we take into our body on a daily basis. Oh, you know, yeah. other pharmaceuticals, and even in my own, you know, even in my own. Uh, kind of thirst for knowledge on this subject, you know, it's, I'm, I'm learning stuff every day. You know, last mm-hmm. week I stumbled across an article, uh, sorry, not an article, but a research paper um, that shows that ibuprofen, you know, as we all know, is Advil and uh, mm-hmm. under other brat, uh, brand names can have a similar effect of wiping out the gut microbiome mm-hmm. as antibiotics, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, these are our OTC pharmaceuticals that most people take right. in without a second thought. You know, right. I mean, I think that, that many people are acutely aware of antibiotics and their impact mm-hmm. um, because of the very nature of antibiotics being antibacterial, right? But mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we should downplay the importance um, of understanding the impact on the microbiome of all of these other things that we take in. You know, mm-hmm. there was another study I crossed that showed that a, a very common food dye, um, FDNC red number 40, uh, heavily impacts the microbiome and is asso- associated with uh, pathogenic bacteria mm-hmm. in, the, in the gut. Yeah. So I, I think that collectively all these other inputs can, can wreak havoc. Um, and so, yes, antibiotics are, are a major factor, but you know, there's a constellation of other factors that are also at play. Absolutely. And well said, I might add. I'm so excited about talking about this. I just, it's just like, I don't know. It just, uh, I love talking about this, but we have to go to break. I'm way overdue. Uh, We'll be right back. More coming up with Sarah Shank and Jared Ramirez. We'll be right back. You are listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, parakeet. 
Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi-monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions, and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health are regular subjects. Learn more at wellbeingjournal.com. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Everyone, <laughs> welcome back to Wellness Wednesdays here at One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell. We also have Sarah Shank with us and Jared Ramirez. Uh, Sarah Shank is the director and producer of The Invisible Extinction, and Jared Ramirez is, Ramirez is the CEO of Enviromedica. We're talking about the film that gets released on July the sixth. That's this Friday. Are you guys super excited about this film? I know I am. I'm super excited. I love seeing it with audiences. It's really, people always have kind of unexpected questions and comments. And I mean, I have to say, I started, when I started making the film, I didn't know what a microbe was. And oh, wow. I, I did. I mean, I thought it's like some kind of a science thing. Um, but if, if someone <laughs> said, what is a microbe? I was like, it's some kind of a science thing. But uh-huh. it was really fun me to figure out so a microbe is it's bacteria it's a little tiny single-celled organism it's a a living creature that's on or in our bodies and that could Mm -hmm. be bacteria but it also could be a fungi or um even a virus like those Mm -hmm. are all considered microbes yeah and i didn't understand like even the most basic stuff about it like antibiotics kill bacteria so strep throat is like a bad bacteria you may need to take antibiotics to kill strep but for colds and flu which are viruses back antibiotics won't do anything that means they won't kill the virus but they will deplete your good bugs in in your body so i was surprised going into the you know when i started making the film how little i understood about some kind of basic things that aren't speculative they're they're proven like Mm-hmm. Uh, antibiotic is not going to kill your flu virus. Yeah. And and so many people for so many years did not realize that. Sometimes it can turn into a bacterial infection, right, if it goes down into your lungs. But, you know, there's so many things that we can do. You know, Jared and I have talked about this for years on the show, all the things that you can do to keep a healthy gut microbiome and, you know, terrain ver- uh, theory uh, versus germ theory, all these things. Uh, right now I'm reading the history of Bichamp and Pasteur, a lost chapter in the history of biology by Ethel Hume. Um, and it's it's fascinating. 
testing, you know, all this science that's been forgotten about. But, you know, you, you brought up viruses. And I, I've said this on the air before, too. I found this information back a couple of years ago when I was researching uh, in, in, uh, in, seven, in uh, 2017 how many viruses there are on Earth. And most people don't realize how many there are. They say that, um, that there are, on the planet Earth there are at least 320,000 different viruses that affect mammals and we are mammals right and so it can be a little overwhelming when you think about it like it can be very scary but if you keep your immune system strong by keeping your microbiota or microbiome strong by taking probiotics getting lots of sunshine exercise getting your hands and your feet a little dirty once in a while and just keeping your immune system strong we can overcome a lot of these viruses that we're so fearful of agreed absolutely agreed (laughs) <laughs> I would also like to uh, interject that I have been taking Environmedica's probiotics. Oh, yeah, and, yes. And uh, that, has, that has helped my gut out quite a bit. Good. I love hearing that. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, it's just something that I have to take on occasion just, you know, for an adjustment. It puts it back to right, and then mm-hmm. we're all good. I hear so many people, you know, that I've turned. I was at a party, actually, a New Year's Day party. Uh, Jared, you'll love this. We were talking about, you know, water, uh, the importance of having good quality water. We were talking about the microbiome. Okay, so that was like the perfect window of opportunity for me to jump on the soapbox and and just, uh, you know, educate everybody about the microbiome and how you really need to take care of it and how Enviromedica, in my opinion, and I know you'll agree, is the best product out there. I believe that with all my heart based on my own experience as well as people that I've turned on to it, case in point, Jerry. And so, you know, we really do need to pay attention to our microbiome. It is everything. And this movie really brings to light so many things that we need to be aware of. Like you said, even Jared, uh, ibuprofen, you know, and, 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 and typically people take ibuprofen when they're sick, right? Which is, which is when they need all, as many good bacteria as they can get in their microbiome to fight off a uh, disease, right? And uh, viruses and fungi and bacteria and all those things that we just talked about. It, it is. You know, I, the, the comment was made in the research paper that, that referenced ibuprofen that, you know, all drugs, you know, should come with two warnings, right? One in terms of side effects, right? Like everybody knows the side effects that are associated right. with certain pharmaceuticals, whether they be OTC or by prescription. But they should also come with a secondary warning about their impact on the microbiome, right? right? Because um, that is just, unfortunately, it's just not, um, not studied, Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think unless you're into the microbiome literature and research, you're not looking at that. You're not thinking of that. Right. And even through my own, like even through my own, uh, you know, quest for knowledge in this subject, you know, it's constantly evolving. You know, this information that I just shared, you know, I I just crossed this, you know, a few weeks ago. Why? Because. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just no plausible way to know what's in the content of 130,000 published papers and growing. Right. You know, and, and right. you know, I think, um, you know, this this understanding of, of, you know, antibiotics that we have now, you know, that's still going to take, de- you know, decades for it to really reach the mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, as Sarah, as Sarah stated. And I think that, um, you know. I, I loved the documentary that that she did and 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 they put together because it it's such a um, a great uh, entry point for understanding of this for a lot of people that are just unaware of how absolutely critical this is to to the the 
survival of the human species. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's not even getting into some of the subject matter presented in the film, um, you know, with respect to uh, the evolution of um antibiotic resistant bacteria which is a whole nother oh, yeah. uh, subject matter you know i mean mm-hmm. we could we could if we continue on the same path you know it's not a question of if but when we create a superbug that could potentially wipe out you know a, a portion of the human species i mean that is not an exaggeration by any stretch of of the imagination there is um and and you know Evolution is a very uh, a very tricky thing, right? There there are bacteria that can uh, evolve to withstand uh, concentrations of antibiotics that are orders of magnitude beyond what we're even intaking right now, a thousand mm-hmm, times more. Mm-hmm. It's just it just takes time. It takes time and, and natural selection. If you keep selecting for these these evolutionary traits that allow these bacteria to become resistant. Um, it's, you know, I, I want to say there's been a couple bright minds out there that have said this is, this is one of the gravest threats that we have currently. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, talk around climate change and this and that and the other. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think Sarah's done some work in that, that field as well from, from what I saw in her bio. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's truly scary stuff. And, and, you know, even in the U.S., right? Like, I think that that our understanding of antibiotics is light years beyond the rest of the world. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, my father lives in Costa Rica. Um, he retired there. You can walk into any corner, any corner pharmacy, and get a prescription for antibiotics filled, and they fill wow. them nonstop. And they're still taking them for vi- viruses, right? Because they just mm-hmm. nobody knows any better. You nobody know, the information knows. is just not out there. So yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I'm thinking, and Sarah and Jared both, you know, you can appreciate this, having children, you know, you, you, you have a baby, like uh, the, um, uh, Dr. Blazer's wife, I, her name escapes me right now from the film, had the baby, right? right. She, had a C, she had the C-section, right? Because she felt a little coerced because 50% of the women uh, in her country were having C-sections, okay? So the baby's born. It doesn't have immediately, it's not building the, 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 the strength that it needs, its microbiome from getting the natural microbes from the mother. Um, and then perhaps even it's not breastfed. You know, next thing you know, uh, the baby gets an ear infection, which is so common with kids, right? You take them to the pediatrician, they put them on antibiotics typically, or they give them Tylenol or ibuprofen, case in point, Jared, to bring the fever down or help with the pain. So they've right away kicked your microbiome's butt, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're almost kind of, your baby's almost kind of screwed right out of the gate, for lack of a better word. And it's just... It's just crazy. And then, and, then the, and then the wheels just keep turning, right? Because every time you get on antibiotics and then it weakens your immune system, then typically six to eight weeks later, maybe three months later, your child is back on antibiotics. And Sarah, you said like in the first year or two years of a child's life, they've gotten antibiotics three times. And I think by the third year or the, by year 10, it's like, what, it's in the movie. Yeah. It's in the film, right? Yeah, what are like, the statistics? It's like 10, by the time you're 10, you've had 10 courses. And by the yeah. time you're 18, right. 20 courses. So it's like yeah. kind of a constant onslaught that makes it hard for our good bugs to build themselves back up. And well, yeah. it's really, I mean, when, when COVID struck and we were all talking about personal protective gear and, you know, oh, can you get this stuff to cover your body completely? And I started thinking like our microbes, our microbiome is really like our our invisible personal protective gear, both inside our bodies and outside, that really is our the, the first line of defense of our immune system. And when we 
this when we damage it or, or perturb it, they say, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a cost to pay. And maybe we need to take antibiotics for, or maybe we need to have a C-section for some reason. And that those are important medical miracles, really. But to be using them so profligately where mm-hmm. we're not thinking about the collateral damage, that doesn't right. make any sense. Well, and we give them a red sucker on the way out the door with the red dye number 40. <laughs> You know, I mean, it just, where does it stop? But, you know, I'm not, let me, let me ask you this. So Sarah, doctors are starting to realize how the overuse of antibiotics deplete healthy gut bacteria. So in the film, you bring up a statistic that 70 to 80% of antibiotics are used in factory farming. So how might the consumption of animals treated with antibiotics affect someone's microbiome? That's a great question, Bernadette. And it's so important because that was another thing that I was personally really confused about. I assumed you eat chicken that's raised with antibiotics, so I'm eating the antibiotics. So that's a bad thing for me. But that's not the main problem. The main problem is what Jared just brought up, which is that overuse of antibiotics in any organism, whether it's a human being or a cow or a pig, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pushes bad bacteria, the bacteria that we call pathogens because they can make us really sick and even kill us. Those what, the the bad bacteria don't distinguish what the the host is the the human or the pig or whatever. So when we're pouring all these antibiotics into our animals, to and I'm sorry, I hope this isn't too complicated. It took me a long time to understand oh, no. this. They're like, oh, you have to if if a pig is sick, you better give it antibiotics. Mm-hmm. The reason we're giving tons and t- literally hundreds of millions of tons of antibiotics to our animals is because we found by accident that when you give a little bit of antibiotics every day to animals, they get fat faster. Mm-hmm. So if I'm raising my pigs with antibiotics and Jared is raising his with no antibiotics, I'm going to put him out of business because my right. ham and pork are going to be a lot cheaper than his. And mm-hmm. so, you know, so I'm winning the the race for the, the you know, most pork at the least price. Right. But what we're finding is that we're not calculating the price of that cheaper meat appropriately. Mm-hmm. What One of the lines that Marty has from his book, Missing Microbes, is we're losing the use of our precious antibiotics for cheap meat. And mm-hmm. what that means is resistant, antibiotic resistance is the problem with pouring the antibiotics into our livestock that we raise for, for food. Yeah. Because it's pushing the development of the bad bugs. And so they're getting stronger and faster. As a country, we are not developing new types of antibiotics to counter those pathogens. So again, Jared is correct that we may find ourselves in very, very little time battling pathogens for which we don't, bad bugs, bad bacteria and viruses for which Mm -hmm. we have no medications that will, will work. The World Health Organization statistic is that in, I think, the next 10 years, it's possible that drug-resistant illnesses will top cancer. That, wow. You know, we think of you know, cancer as being such a common mm-hmm. ailment that it mm-hmm. is quite likely that we can surpass that quickly with, you know, illnesses that are driven by these drug-resistant mm-hmm. bacteria. 
Well, and this is just my opinion. I think that that's why there's so much cancer now, too, because if you're taking antibiotics all the time, if you're consuming a lot of meat, uh, industrial, you know, industrially produced meat instead of grass finished meat and eating not that much of it, but just what you, you know, like a couple times a week. But if you're ingesting meat at every single meal that's coming from an, uh, a factory farm, you're getting antibiotics every single day that is contrib- contributing to obesity, which is contrib- contributing to a weakened immune system. There's a connection there, which ultimately is a connection to if you've got a weak immune system, you're not going to be able to fight off cancer either. All these childhood diseases that we used to, you know, think that we're not a big deal, like the measles, you know, you get sick for a couple of days, it was a, you know, and and then, you know, it, it, you're, you're fine. But we, we've traded so much for so little in return. And I, and I think that the book Missing Microbes that uh, Dr. Blazer wrote is, is, is a fascinating read. It's a New York Times uh, bestseller, and it's been out for a few years. I think they even, uh, uh, they even uh, republished it, right? Didn't he edit the, the book? He didn't, I think, because I think I have the first version that it came out, but um, I'll have to look during the break. I'm pretty sure I have a lot of books around me, you guys, <laughs> Sarah and, and Jara. And they're taking over my house, but that's a good thing, right? <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at the clock. We need to go for a quick break. We'll be right back. More coming up with Jared Ramirez. He is the CEO of Enviromedica and Sarah Shank. She is the director and producer of The Invisible Extinction. You are listening to One Life Radio. One Life Radio. Wellness Wednesday is on. Brought to you by Crazy Water. Hey everyone, I have to share a story about how amazing Terraflora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take Terraflora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotic. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the advanced care. Her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says Terraflora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about Terraflora Advanced Care and all the Terraflora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself, and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at OneLifeRadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to you. What? <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I I heard a voice from somewhere. Anyway, welcome they have back. Really in depth conversations during the commercial break that we're not privy to. Oh wow! <laughs> I wish I would have heard it. Oh goodness! Well, welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Sarah Shank, along with uh, Jared Ramirez. He is the CEO of Enviromedica, and Sarah Shank is the director and producer of The Invisible Extinction. I've watched it twice now. You guys, you gotta li- you gotta watch it. You have to go to the Invisible Extinction. 
Extinction.com. It comes out on Friday. Trust me on this. You are not going to want to miss it. And you need to get your probiotics. Go to Enviromedica.com. It's what I take. It's what I've taken for years, long before Jared was a sponsor or a guest on One Life Radio, because Sean Wells, who's one of the most brilliant men that I know and a scientist who was on the show for many, many years, is the one that told me about Enviromedica, and they manufacture them themselves right in Austin, Texas. So uh, I encourage you to go to both of those websites, TheInvisibleExtinction.com and Enviromedica.com. Okay, so Jared and, and Sarah, at the break, you know, I, I made the connection between cancer and, uh, you know, uh, talking about overuse of antibiotics because the overuse of antibiotics, as you said, Sarah, you know, or maybe you didn't say this and I just read it, but it causes, ob- yeah, you did. And it's also in the movie about the mice, right? It makes people obese, too many, and it makes animals fat. It, it fattens them up, which fattens us up, which causes, uh, I think, there's a connection between cancer and obesity. And 74% of the United States are overweight, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That's uh, from a, uh, that's from Time Magazine, by the way. Secrets of the Secrets of Weight Loss: A Guide to Practical Living. Of course, it says nothing about the gut microbiome in this edition. But in addition to that, 87% of Americans eat meat in some frequency in their diet. And that's a big piece of this puzzle, isn't it? Uh, Sarah, Jared, what do you think? You know, I am, uh, uh, I think, I try to think of myself as a conscientious meat eater. That means we eat a little bit of meat a couple times a week, you know, uh, I grew up in a different, I grew up eating a lot more meat, I suppose. And we do, I live in New York city where we have the park slip food co-op and they, we have to work there, but then we get meat that's raised sustainably without antibiotics. So I feel pretty lucky on that front, but I know a lot of folks don't have either that economic option or even the practical option of having access to that. Yeah. I'm not convinced, Bernadette, that um, meat makes us fat whether it's conventionally raised with antibiotics or raised sustainably without antibiotics, I do think we should be eating a lot less meat of any kind for a lot of different health reasons. Mm-hmm. So, no, yeah, and I was specifically talking about industrial meat that's made from factory farms where they, you know, not, not antibiotic-free um, grass-finished, grass-fed and grass-finished meat. I believe there's a huge difference, and I know Jared agrees. Uh, I know you agree with that, don't you, Jared? Based on prior I, conversations, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm. You know, I'm a little. I'm more on the opposite side of this, just from the the meat standpoint. You know, I think that. Um, I mean, there's no question about it that industrial meat production is just an absolute abomination. There's no. There is no it question is. about it. They are. Um, you know, as Sarah uh, commented on earlier, you know, antibiotics are used to. to basically create fat disposition in muscle, um, you know, that, but fat disposition in muscle is a, is a sign of extreme unhealth, right? If you have fat disposition in your, in your own muscle as a human, like that is bad, bad news, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but they do it intentionally to animals and specifically to cattle. And unfortunately, you know, if you've ever had a grass fed cut mm-hmm. of steak versus a um, feedlot type steak, you know, you can taste the difference, right? Oh, yeah. And but 
you know, the general public has been conditioned to like that fat disposition, you know, in, in the muscle uh, mm-hmm. meat, right? Because it, it, you know, to be honest, it tastes good. Like fat uh, yeah. tastes good. It's a, it's a, one of those, um, you Palette know, pleasers. one of those points. <laughs> yeah. That our taste buds just love it. You yeah, know? Yeah. So me per in my own personal life, I do eat a lot more meat. Um, I eat a substantial amount of meat and, um, you know, uh, poultry products, primarily like pasture raised though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my family and I will buy a half split of pasture raised steer once a year. We put it in our deep freezer mm-hmm. and we eat off that. We have a, you know, local relationship with a rancher here in Texas. Um, you know, and it's, I think I'm a big advocate of knowing where your food comes from. I don't think, you know, and I'm going to give a, a hat tip to, um, Diana Rogers here. I don't know if you've ever had her on, uh, on your show, but it's, a, it's, they're saying is it's, it's the how, not the cow, right? Yeah. Yeah. How the meat was raised is more important. And there are, um, there are, you know, uh, cattle and, and meat operations out there that raise sustainably and have been shown to actually sequester carbon, right? The, mm-hmm. the role of ruminant cattle in our ecosystem cannot be understated. You know, that is a, a they enrich the soil. It, um, they're the only animals that, that can turn, you know, inedible grass into, into nutrient-dense food. So I think Sarah's point, you know, I think in New York, it's a little tougher to, to, to have that relationship with a local rancher. You know, I don't know yeah, what the yeah. accessibility is, but, you know, I would, I don't, again, it's, for me, it's meat's not the problem. It's the, how the animal was raised. And right. as long as you're sourcing sustainably and putting your money uh, into sustainable uh, operations, that, that is, uh, that's most of the battle in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, no, that's exactly the point I was trying to make. Um, and uh, Sarah, do you want to make any comments before I go to my next question? I I love that it's the how, not the cow. I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna quote that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a great it's great, but you know, so Jared, how does our microbiome protect us against illness and disease? For those that like, okay, we're we're having all this you know talk about our microbiome, but how does our microbiome protect us? Well, um, you know, as, as we've talked before, uh, you know, more than 70% of the immune system resides in the gut. Uh, you know, what does that mean uh, when we say 70%? We're talking immune tissue, right? So there's very specific tissues like lymphoid tissues and, and other uh, tissue that that are the center point, the center of the universe when it comes to our immune system. So, you know, for people that take antibiotics and say, well, it didn't do anything for a virus, well, actually did. You just completely suppressed your immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking, taking an antibiotic for a virus is absolutely mm-hmm. way worse than doing nothing at all. It is, it completely obliterates your immune system. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, making sure that your gut microbiome is properly supported and very robust creates a robust immune system, you know? And so your, your point, Bernadette, about, you know, cancer being related to the gut microbiome and obesity, I I would, you know, I would say that cancer, you know, we all have cancer cells in us, you know, Sarah, myself, you Mm -hmm. at this moment, right? The difference is, is that our immune systems, um, you know, are 
are keeping those cancer cells in check, right? They are, are taking those cancer cells and they're disposing of, of them as they should. Cells can, can go awry in the body, right? It's our immune system that looks at those cells and goes, hey, that is not a good cell. We see a problem. Let's dispose of it. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of disposal mechanisms um, at play in human physiology, but, uh, you know, we could you know, we could make the case that by suppressing the microbiome in the gut, you're suppressing your immune system. And by extension, you're suppressing your body's ability to potentially control cancers maybe now or later, right? It can take yeah. a long time to develop. Some people are more susceptible than others. And we just don't know who, you know, what genetic trigger is going to fire in, in certain individuals um, over their lifetime. Yeah. Well, I have a question for both of you, and this is the uh, the big question. Do you think that our depleting microbiome had an impact on the spread of COVID? And how could uh, continued depletion of our microbiota impact another pandemic? We should probably wait until after the break. Just tease oh, that yeah, one. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll tease it. I'm, I'm so into this. I'm not paying attention to the clock. Thank goodness that Jerry's <laughs> keeping me. I I'm know trying. I'm being, I'm an editing nightmare today, and I'm sorry. All right, we'll be right back. Stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The courage to face COVID-19, preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. Are back. Welcome to One Life Radio. We are live from Dallas, Texas. We've got Sarah Shank with us and Jared Ramirez, uh, the CEO of Envira, Enviromedica. And Sarah Shank is the director and producer of The Invisible Extinction. We're talking about the movie or the documentary. It comes out on uh, this Friday, the 6th, of uh, theinvisibleextinction.com. Go to it and enviromedica.com. I asked a big question right before the break. Do you think our depleting uh, uh, microbiome had an impact on the spread of covid And how could continued depletion of our microbiota impact another pandemic? I asked you both, Sarah, uh, ladies first, what do you think to that question? Think about that question. Well, the short answer is I absolutely think our depleted microbiome affected uh, the transmission of COVID. And there's a lot of people studying it from different perspectives among healthcare workers, general public, who didn't get COVID, why not? So I think we're going to have some hard data on that soon. I also think the answer Jared just gave for, you know, the relationship between a depleted microbiome and cancer antibiotic use kind of goes more broadly for for any kind of disease process. Our mm-hmm. immune system is protecting us from communicable diseases as well as chronic diseases. And so when we damage it, we damage our our protection, our internal and external protection. So 
I do think we're going to be getting lots of new ways. You asked in one of your questions you sent beforehand, Bernadette, you asked a really interesting question about like what's on the horizon for the future. And I do think mm-hmm. as the research proceeds, we're going to have new like evidence-based next generation probiotics and other strategies like fecal transplants, which fecal transplants oh, work yeah. really well for C. difficile, but they haven't actually worked so well for other things. And we're trying mm-hmm. to figure out why. Um, yeah, can I give one fast. anecdote about obesity? So in our film, oh. you see, well, I don't, I don't want, I, I actually should. People, there's mostly <laughs> people didn't respond to their fecal transplants, but there was one guy who did lose a lot of weight without changing his diet and without uh-huh. changing his, his movement or exercise. Why? Yeah. It's a very interesting question. Well, and you have to ask those questions. Yeah. Yeah. And it's following the science, not following Wall Street is what I like to say. Um, (laughs) That's what we need to do uh, in order to fix every problem that we have. You know, I'm looking at the clock. We've got about, I'm going to say three and a half minutes left. And so, you know, uh, um, Jared, what environmental or global changes need to be made today to protect our microbiome, do you think? That's a tough, that's a really tough question. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, we, we touched earlier on the role of antibiotics and our, you know, our use of them. I think that goes without saying that has to be uh, mitigated almost immediately, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I was talking with Sarah in, in between the break and I, you know, I'm, I'm a little more fatalistic about it because I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that it, you can stop that usage globally in short order. It's just, you know, it's yeah. so intertwined uh, with, you know, animal husbandry and the, the production thereof that mm-hmm. it would take a, a mass paradigm shift in order to, to really support that change. I, my viewpoint is really approaching it more at the personal level, um, you know, being more aware because this is this is a generational thing. There was a study that I saw that showed that um, effectively the microbiome was recoverable. And this is in mice, I should say that. The microbiome was recoverable after one generation. After two generations, it is irrecoverable. Um, you mm, cannot geez. restore the microbiome mm. without, without transplanting that microbiome mm. into the host. And so, you know, this is, this is something that... Um, I think individuals need to be aware of, you know, if we, much like I vote with my dollars in terms of where I put them into, into meat production and my own consumption of them, um, the same can be held true with how we approach our microbiome in, at an individual level, right? Mm-hmm. Being aware of, of what we put into our bodies and, and the role that that plays. Uh, because, you know, without, without approaching it at the individual level, I think it, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's not something that's going to to happen uh, at the macro macro level. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's important that we take responsibility for our own health, and yeah. uh, the microbiome is a huge part of that. Yeah, and you said individual, and I was thinking, Sarah. You know, uh, we only we're, we're the the music's going to start here in just a minute. But you know, you sharing your and there it is, you sharing your story and helping to put, you know, uh, what do I want to say here? You sharing your story and creating this film along with Stephen Lawrence is a big deal and it may just do the trick as people go to the website and check it out and then share, right? So everyone go to the invisibleextinction.com and also enviromedica.com. I'd like to redo this and continue this conversation in a couple of weeks if you guys are both up for it. I would Thank you. So- I would too. Sarah, are you in? 
Absolutely. This is All super right. fun, Bernadette. All right. Well, let's do it. <laughs> Have a good chat about a good think and then a good chat. Everyone, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with this same show continuing. You get one body, you get one mind, you get one life, and you get one microbiota. So take care of it. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. (laughs) And tomorrow, of course. Thank you, Bernadette.